Okay, we're going to enter the Rebbe's Febrengen. We sent you the Febrengen from Parshas Truma Tafshman Tess. And let's go right to it. Um, Zayin Nader. Yoyim Heles Yim Epitus Meshabinu. Fat is Amal Besmichas to Parshas Truma Tetzav. The seventh of Adar is the birthday and the anniversary of the passing of Moshe Rabbeinu. It always falls out close to the Torah portions of Truma and Tetzav. On And this year, year that I gave this Febrenian, it fell out on a Sunday, a Motzei Shabbos of Truma and the first day of Tetzav. This year, I think it's on Shabbos. Right? Sunday was Rosh Chodesh, so it's um, so Shabbos is Zayin. The fun is moving. As the door shaykhs and Zayin other, it was understood that there's a relationship between the seventh of Adar, the day that Moshe was both born and passed away, and these Torah portions. Uh, let's look at note number six. We see, it says in, in holy books, like the Mori Naim from the Chernobyl Rebbe, that there's an allusion to Moshe Rebbe's passing in Pashas Tetzave because it's the only Torah portion since the birth of Moshe Rebbe which does not contain his name. I'll move into Tzachiyas Shachas Gamotech but it's also understood that in addition to the absence of his name being an allusion to his passing, there must also be a connection to the theme of the Torah portion. So what is the, what is the connection between Moshe Rabbeinu's passing and birth to Teruma and Tetzav, to the theme of these Torah portions? Ois base back inside. The Shaykhaz B'neim Zetman Begoli. We see an open and obvious connection. The Teuchen Meyuchad, in the second column, the Teuchen Meyuchad from the Beit HaParshis, the content of both Torah portions, Tum and Tetzave, is about Hashem's commandment to Moshe Rabbeinu to build a tabernacle and the details. In Pashas Truma, we have Moshe Rabbeinu telling the Jewish people, or Hashem tell Moshe Rabbeinu rather, that the Jewish people should donate gold and silver and copper, and then the Torah goes into Hashem's commandments about the details of every single vessel in the tabernacle. And in Parshatetzave, we have the mitzvah of lighting the menorah, we have the commandment about how to build the how to um, weave the garments for the Kohanim. We have the discussion about how to inaugurate Aaron and his children into the service. And we also have to have a mitzvah of building the altar for the incense. The Anzag of Asiyas Hamishkan Muprotavs Given The commandment to build a tabernacle. And all of its details was given to Moshe Rabbeinu, and to, through him to his generation. The Torah 
And it says in the Medrash, the Moshe Rabbeinu was a seventh generation from Avram Avinu, and he uniquely brought the Shekhinah back to the world. There were seven generation, generations that made, made the cause of Shekhinah to become more and more hidden through their sins, starting from um, Adam and Eve. And there were seven generations of Tzaddikim that through their mitzvahs and through their holiness, they brought the Shekhinah back. So Moshe Rabbeinu uh, was the one to whom Hashem entrusted this um, task of bringing the Shekhinah back to the world by erecting the tabernacle. So that's why um, there is a relationship between Moshe Rabbeinu and these, these two Torah portions because it's his task um, in history to, um, to bring the Shekhinah to the world. He is so associated with his tabernacle that it's called the tabernacle that Moshe made. It, it has his name in its title. It's called the work of the hands of Moshe. Okay, so, so that's the simple connection between Moshe Rabbeinu and these two Torah portions. What about Pashas Kisisa? What about Pashas Yaakov Pekudi? Look at note number seven. In Parshish Kisisa, only the very beginning is about um, making the wash basin. Only the very beginning. And making and how to um, offer the incense. And the rest of the Torah portion is about other things. So it's not like Truman Tetzav, where the whole Torah portion is about the tabernacle. And Parshas Ve'akam Pekudi is just a repetition of what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu. Parshas Tumat Tzave and Parshas Ve'akam Pekudi just just repeats and says that they did what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu. So therefore, the the two Torah portions which stand out uniquely as the ones associated with the. Um, uh, tabernacle, and that's why we always have the seventh of Adar falling out around the time of these two Torah portions. On their Indian, next page, from their Mishkan is not a prat, the Chilkan of Esmation, the Dosses and Indian equivalent clothing of Esmation in Shemus of Esmation. The tabernacle is not merely a detail, not merely an element of Moshe Rabbeinu's service of Hashem, rather, it is a major component. And it's an all-encompassing component of Moshe Rabbeinu's service of Hashem, and it's something which perfects Moshe Rabbeinu's life. This this is something that that makes Moshe Rabbeinu um, complete his service in the service of Hashem perfectly. Kumuvan eichon dem as das was asim lishvachan b'seicham is the yisuvet tachas akavon from b'yisil mazeh. The building of the tabernacle is a, the connected to the fundamental purpose of why Hashem made the world. So not just this world, but why Hashem made all the, the entire spiritual cosmos. The purpose of creation of all of the worlds is in order that there should be a physical world where there is a, in that world there should be a home for Hashem. The famous expression of the Medrash that Hashem wants to have a home in the lowest world. That's all purpose of creation. 
And when Hashem says he wants a home in the lowest realm, he means the lower realms, he means the lowest realm, which is this world where there is no world lower than this. That in this world, which is lower than all the worlds, Hashem should be revealed in his very essence. Like a person is revealed in their own home, that's how Hashem should be revealed here. That's the whole purpose of creation. Person is comfortable in their home and they're, they're able to express themselves fully. That's the way Hashem wanted. That's, that's what Hashem wants in this whole purpose in creation. Um, as Altabi says over there in Tanya, you can't say the purpose of creation in the higher worlds because, where there's more revelation. Because if the purpose was revelation, then even the highest worlds, they're, they're, they're not a. Um, they're not. Their Yerida, the highest worlds, are still a, a um, descent of Hashem's light. It's still a, it's still created, they're still created through its simsa, through a contraction of Hashem's light. You can't, in the purpose of creation, to have something, to have something less is for, the, is for a descent, Chas So if it's not about revelation, so it, it's, the purpose is, on the contrary, that there should be a home for Hashem in the lowest place, in the place of, in this world, where there's no world lower than this world. When the far next column is So this commandment, make for me a sanctuary, and I will dwell within them. This mitzvah is a eternal mitzvah for all times and all places, and it includes it's it's an all encompassing commandment. This commandment applies to the first, second, and third temple. And also applies throughout the exile. As the Talmud says, that the perp, that Hashem, when Hashem says, I will dwell within them, doesn't only mean in the, temple, in the temples, rather means within every single Jew. So it's not just for the time when we had or we will have a temple, it also applies throughout the exile. It's an eternal commandment. As the Talmud says that whenever the Torah uses the word, whenever the Torah uses the word li, which means me, it's something which lasts forever. So here Hashem says, make for me a tavern, a, a sanctuary, it's something which applies forever. Um, so, that this is, so this is the whole purpose of creation. And, and this is something which applies now as well, that we're supposed to make a home for Hashem. And um, so it's understood also, their phone is moving, on the next page, is that so if this is such a major component of, a fundamental component of the purpose of creation, um, it's understood also that in Moshe Rabbeinu's service of Hashem, this is also a fundamental part of his life. He f- is fulfilling the whole purpose of why Hashem made the world, to building this tabernacle. And therefore, it's something which brings him to perfection, because it brings the world to perfection. So, he's, so this is not just a way of serving Hashem, this is the way of serving Hashem, and therefore it's understood why his birth and passing is associated with the, uh, if you will, the apex of his career when he's building the tabernacle. Let's go to note 13 with the star. So 
Okay, so if this is the whole point of creation, why was this commandment issued 26 generations after creation? If this is a fundamental purpose of the entire world and of all of the spiritual cosmos, why was this commandment given at this point? Although um, Hashem's thought about the Jewish people and his thought about Torah um, existed before everything else, um, that means that Hashem's, before making the world, Hashem already thought about the, the, the ultimate purpose of creation, that, that He'll have the Jewish people, have the Torah, and they'll make a home for Hashem. Um, but um, nevertheless, um, when was this actually realized? When this intent of Hashem actually happened, it was actually fulfilled through the building of the tabernacle. Um, so why, why did it happen at this point in history? Look, key, next page, in the, in the bottom, in the, in the note, because Hashem's intent is to have a home in the lowest realm, and it should be something that happens in the parameters of the lowest realm. And part of what, 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 what makes us the lowest realm is we have time and space. So we need to be ready to, to be able to fulfill this purpose of creation. There has to be time to prepare for it. So Hashem doesn't give the commandment to build a tabernacle till this point of history because Hashem wants the world to be not just zapped to be a home to Him, but to be ready to be a home to Him. Hashem wants the, the home that is built to be something that welcomes, welcomes Hashem according to its parameters of time and space. And therefore there has to be um, this, um, there has to be this uh, um, achievement of, of the world making steps to, to fulfill this purpose. So therefore in time and space, when is this commandment issued? When the world is ready for it. That's the similar reason for why the Torah was only given 26 generations after um, the world was created. Um, that makes a point here, I'm not sure I understand it, which is this. Um, since Hashem's thought for creation is above time, so the fact that we fulfill this commandment this Hashem's intent in this Torah portion, it has a retroactive effect. So Hashem's thought is retroactively completed by the tabernacle being built now. Hashem's thought is above time. So, so Hashem's thought is immediately realized when Hashem has this thought because, because it's, it's, it's beyond time. Um, didn't take time for it to be fulfilled because it is beyond time, and therefore, once it's built, it retroactively completes its thought. Does that make sense? You understand that? Hashem's thought is beyond time, so so it didn't take time for it to be for it to be fulfilled because it is beyond time. So once the tabernacle is built, it 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 is uh, retroactively completing Hashem's thought. But the point that the, the overarching point we're making is that the reason why it took time is because Hashem wants the world to be a home for him 
on its terms, on its parameters. And therefore, the world had to be ready for it. Um, okay. Oyes Gimel. Alpiza is verstandig. The shaykhs and zayin other meet the parshas two and seven and zayin other faltes. Now we can understand the relationship between the seventh of Adar and the Torah portions of Truman and Tzavah when the seventh of Adar falls out. In the Miyim, I laid it from the Tzadik Sheh, Bekoyach, the Gantza, Avida, Vaser, Vetan, Meshazayin, Levin. On the day of the birth of a Tzadik, there is an expression of the potential of whatever he's going to achieve in the world. Much more so is it true for Meshach Rabbeinu when it was visible in the world, the virtue of Meshach Rabbeinu. As the Talmud says that when Meshach Rabbeinu was born, the home he was in was full of light. The reason this happened, as Rabbeinu Bechai writes, is because from the very birth of Meshach Rabbeinu, he was ready, he was worthy of illuminating the whole entire world with light of Torah. Which more so on the day of his passing was how much more so on the day of his passing when there is not just in the potential but there's already, if you will, the kinetic energy of Meshach Rabbeinu. He is already... Now, done all the service of Hashem, and especially Meir Shabbat, who was passed away on the day of his birth, um, so there's, there's a full expression of all the Meir Shabbat who achieves on the day of his passing. When Eisel was there, is Yudu'az, It says in Tanya, that in the day of the passing of a tzaddik, in addition to the fact that you now have, on the day of Meshav's passing, you now have in the world all that he achieved, that was brought to the world through all of his efforts throughout his life. Besides that, it says in Tanya, that on the anniversary of the passing of the tzaddik, all of his work and all of his Torah and all of his service of Hashem um, is manifest on the day of his passing. It ascends to a higher place, and from this higher place, it channels salvation into the world. That's what happens on the day of the passing of the tzaddik. His, world, his work in Torah and ascends and channels salvation in the midst of the earth. The, the words in the midst of the earth, um, the, the Rashi says, means in Egypt. means at the lowest of places. So it's not just something which, which, which uh, brings him to a higher place in heaven. It's something which affects every part of the world, the lowest places of the world. Now, please let's move on. As in them, talk from Zion, the state of God, the evade from Meshach, the awesome Meshach, the Sechem, the Techem, the Pasha Tzum, the Tzaveh, so on the day of Meshach Rabbeinu's, the day of the seventh of Adar, there is an exp- expression of all the service of Hashem and Meshach Rabbeinu, and what's his main third service of Hashem? Making a tabernacle for Hashem. And that is a part, not just a part, but that's the a major component, that's a fundamental component of Meshach Rabbeinu. So the Torah portions of Trumet Tzaveh are a fundamental part of Moshe Rabbeinu's service of Hashem, and they express Moshe Rabbeinu's main service of Hashem. So we understand now the connection between the seventh of Adar and these two Torah portions. Dalad, we shleimer as we bowed. Parshat Tzuma, come noch parshat, parshat Tzavik, come noch parshat Tzuma. 
geitas and aseil mumatel ma'ila. As a parsha tzava brings the charis a hechra and tifra in the way of his mishra from the vos mishkan v'sech. Since the order the Torah is to room and tzava, there is an ascent in tzava that surpasses truma. There is something in parshas tzava that expresses a higher and deeper achievement in making this tabernacle fresh. The af al pias parshas truma hoped. Next page, the Chalmud with the Man and the Shmeishal Meishabenu. Although, morning, although Parshas Truma begins with the name of Meishabenu, by Dabar Shem Meishalimer, we have Meishabenu's name in Parshas Truma. Mashing Parshas Tzavah heaps the Chalmud at the Tzavah, but in Parshas Tzavah doesn't say does not say his name. It just says you should command the Jewish people on the Man and Shmeishal Meishal without mentioning his name. Bizas does is the ancient Parshas material Achis Meishal in Vachas Vert and Nitter Man the name of Meishabenu. It is the only Torah portion since Moshe's birth. It does not have his name, so alone on the surface it seems it has less of a connection to Moshe Rabbeinu. Afal b'king Yishlemer, but nevertheless we could say as Adar Rabbe that the opposite is true. Daf b'doch niter manush Moshe Moshe mumakim zeh shirayim ve'at tzave b'zus verter der erster der erster word to chalav hashishma bring to chayat tifri in Moshe Rabbeinu by not saying his name. And instead of saying his name, using the word you, that word you actually expresses a deeper element of Meishe Rabbeinu. By not saying his name. It's known the name of a person is not their essence. You need a name for other people. A person by himself does not need a name. In other words, a name highlights a certain description, a certain part about you. The essence of a person is beyond names, beyond descriptions. So by not saying his name, we have an expression of Moshe Rabbeinu himself, not just the way he is, not just the way he is um, channeled and filtered through his, the letters of his name. Is why isn't his name mentioned? Because in Parshat Tzav there's, there's an expression of the essence of Mesha. V'yir is not hechef How he is beyond the name. The month freer in Parshat Tzav, which is mentioned in Parshat Tzav, his name, but in Parshat Tzav we ascend higher and we don't have, a name, have his name. Um... Not only in O21, there also mentions that um, throughout the Torah portion of Tetzaveh, there are many, many commandments to Meshach Rabbeinu. Besides the fact that the first words of the Torah portion are you, and you refers to Mesha, throughout the Torah portion there are many, many commandments to him, and yet his name is not mentioned because there's something beyond his name. So we have to understand what is the name of Meshach Rabbeinu, what does that name express, and what is the expression of the essence of Meshach, what is the essence of Meshach about, and how um, and uh, how is that related specifically to Parshas um, Truma and Tzav, respectively? That we have the name of Meisha Parshas Truma, and we don't have the name of Meisha in um, in Parshas Tzav. Um, okay, we'll stop here.